You are listening to the Manifested Sis Podcast, a safe space for women of color to explore all things manifesting, wellness, self-care, and personal development. You are always manifesting, and now you can do it intentionally and consciously to create the life of your dreams. Each episode gives you actionable tips and strategies from the spiritual to the practical that will help you get from where you are to exactly where you want to be with grace and ease. Thanks for tuning in. Here's your host, intuitive life coach, Danny Faust. Hello, welcome back to Manifested Sis. Thank you so much for tuning in. So appreciate you being here. Today's episode, we are speaking to the host of The Other Side of 40, which is a podcast that is all about helping women in their 40s live unapologetically happy, guilt-free lives. April Grant is a lawyer by trade, blogger by night, and podcast host extraordinaire. I am grateful to be able to call her my friend, and I know you're going to love what she has to say about pivoting in life, being guilt-free in your decision-making, setting boundaries, allowing people to help you, and manifesting the belief in yourself that it takes to get what you want. You're going to love her. I can just guarantee. (laughs) So let's jump right in with April Grant. Okay, so we are here with April Grant. Thank you so much for being here with us. I'm so excited to be here. So I start all of my interviews off the same way. I ask this very powerful and important question. What does manifesting mean to you? Manifesting means that you've taken the time to figure out what you want and then you spend the time thinking, feeling, and believing that you can achieve it. So I think that's simple enough. Um, Manifesting has really changed my life. I spent some time not really understanding the power of manifestation in my youth because a lot of people, a lot of woo-woo, A lot of people would say, oh, just dream it and you achieve it. And there were a lot of things that I spent time working on to believe and it didn't come true. But it wasn't that I wasn't trying to achieve it. It was ultimately in my heart. I didn't believe I deserved it. And so I've gotten to the point that I actually believe that I deserve what I want to manifest versus just picking random things out of the air, which I think I did, you know, whether it be money or family or travel, it was just things that sounded good versus things that I actually really wanted in my life. Got it. So I love that you were able to kind of take that journey to getting to a place where what do I really want? So could you tell us a little bit about your journey to where you are now? I know that you're hosting this amazing new podcast, The Other Side of 40. So what was your transition? What was your journey to get there? Well, I started, I I did everything that I think moms, especially who really want you to do. I had a, I was a straight A student in high school. I went to UCLA undergrad. I got into UC Davis law school and everything was going very well. However, I got pregnant in law school 
And even though I finished, it definitely put a um, detour on my path. You know, when you go to law school, you have the anticipation that you will graduate, you work for a firm, and then you just kind of work your way up the firm. And then I had a couple of opportunities outside of that where it was working for public defender's offices, which is something I had an interest in. But having the child made a huge difference on the direction that I could take. And having a family was very, before I had my son, actually, I never even thought about having a family. I actually didn't even want a family. But once I found out I was pregnant, I wanted to really create that family dynamic that I never had. I wanted to be there for him and any way, shape and form that I could. And it really took me in a different direction, which is fine, but it made my life a little bit more difficult. Um, At the time, I wasn't actually with his father, but we came together and we've been together ever since. It's been 18 years now. And we've also had three lovely other children, one of which uh, passed away because of hypoplastic left heart syndrome. Basically means um, if you look at a heart, the left side of the heart is deflated. And so at seven days old, he had open heart surgery to help the right side of the heart do all of the functions of the left and the right side of the heart. And he ended up passing away at seven weeks old because of an infection. So we've dealt with a lot between um, giving birth, me and my husband, getting into relationship, having relationship, having a son pass away. We had a very deep financial struggle. We ended up um, no bankruptcy, but a foreclosure. And this is all in California. I'm a Cali girl. And once I got pregnant with my youngest, who's now six, we made the decision to move to Florida. And it's been one of the best decisions because his family is here and we are able to be around them for them, for my children, especially. But the way the other side of 40 came about is a little bit before my 40th birthday, I kind of had this awakening or epiphany where we, I looked around, I love my kids, I love my husband, but I kind of just hated my life. I really hated what I had built, whether it was between, you know, looking at how dirty things are or the job that I'm doing. I just felt unsatisfied. And if I continued on that path, I just saw for, for some reason at that point, I could see the future of if I stay on this path, I will not be happy. And this is not good for me. And this is definitely not good as a wife and it's not good as a mother. So as I started talking to other women, other women had similar epiphanies around the same age. The ages seemed to range between 39 and 42, where they kind of just woke up and had this epiphany like, I need to change my life and I need to start as soon as possible. So the other side of 40 was built to bring us together and actually encourage and provide positive support so that we can grow and change and become our best selves because our education doesn't stop and we need to be 
our best selves at every age, not just our best selves when we're younger. And I want to make sure that women are their best selves throughout their entire lives. I love that. So what are you currently doing to be your best self? Well, the first thing I did when I had this epiphany is I really assessed my responsibilities. I really assessed what, not even responsibilities, tasks that I had either given myself or people had given me and looked around to find out how many of those actually bring me joy and actually bring me to the place that I was expecting it to. Meaning if I was volunteering at my kid's school, were my kids benefiting or was it something that I had gotten to the point of feeling disconnected from and I was just doing it out of necessity? And I really wanted to get rid of all those things that I was just doing out of necessity. Because guess what? I found that if you don't do it, they will find someone who does it. (laughs) And it is not on you to figure it out. And so I went through that for everything from my role in my marriage, my role at the kids' school, I'm involved in the community, my roles in the different organizations. And some of them, I just no longer believed in the mission. And so I spent some time really assessing the people as well. I could have a heart and a passion for the organization, but some of the people were just draining and it was really taking a lot away from my enjoyment of supporting the cause. And then lastly, the tasks. I wasn't sure at some point in time, like the work that I had volunteered to do sounded easy, but I realized there were some organizations that when I sat down to do those things, I wasn't excited about it. Not only was I not excited about it, I didn't even want to do it. And I was just, I kind of wanted to throw my hands up. And with each of those three, so the organization, the people and the task, I really had to assess which ones I wanted to continue with and which ones I need to drop. And ultimately, most of them I dropped and I just volunteer now. I just say, hey, what do you need? And if I need to show up someplace, I can just show up. If I need to drop off some goodies. I drop off goodies, but I feel so much happier because I am not under that pressure to deliver a certain things at at a certain time. And especially I have three kids. So I have to be understanding that I have a 16 year old an eight and a six year old. I cannot do all the things they want me to do. I just can't. And it was stressing me out in not a good way. So I dropped a bunch of things and I sit on the sidelines and if they go, Hey, show up, I go, okay, fine. And I show up and they're happy and I'm happy. So it's, it's actually worked out very well as much as it was scary to do that. A lot of people and the organization leaders were super accommodating and just said, that's fine. And have worked around whatever I, the new boundaries and the new parameters I set. I love that. I love that you were, first of all, powerful enough to say, nah, y'all, I can't do this. 
<laughs> sorry, not sorry. And, you know, guiltlessly almost, it may have been a little bit scary, but you still did it. You didn't let that fear hold you back. Was there any kind of guilt with it or were you just totally ready? Just like, uh-uh, no. I would say had this happened before this epiphany last year, I would have had a lot of guilt because I really, there was one organization that I worked with. I love them, but they were super draining and I could not bring myself to say no to them. They would call. I would have different members call me and I always said yes. I always said whatever you need, whatever you need, whatever you need. But after this, I was like, I need to do this for me and I love you. What can I do that does not put this pressure on my back? And they were very open and willing to accommodate so no, it, it, I have no guilt about it at all. <laughs> what would you say to the woman who's hearing this and like, oh my God, I wish I could do that. I got all this shit I do not want to do that's on my to-do list. I wish I had the balls to do what April did. What would you say to that woman who's like nervous, fearful, feeling like the impending guilt about that and maybe not owning her power to say no? No is a complete sentence. No does not require justification. No does not require additional conversation. Getting to the place where you can just say no and walk away. And I, I don't mean be mean. I, I'm not at all suggesting say no and then run away. I'm suggesting having that frank conversation and say, this is too much. I love you, but I'm out. And whatever that languages for you, once you make that decision and you say it, it becomes a weight lifted off of you. So in the beginning, when you walk in, you may think you will feel guilty, but after it's done, you won't have that guilt. You'll feel a sense of relief versus fear that, you know, they're going to come back. Of course, I want you to be kind. I want you to be gentle because no one wants to be hurt, wants to be told no. So I don't want you to go in there and be like, no, F you, I'm walking away. <laughs> I want you to be cognizant of their needs, but realize your limitations and your boundaries and just say, this is not working for me right now. And if and that's if not when, if it works for me again, I will be happy to come back. And I I think once you walk away, life, your life will have a much clearer picture and be a lot more open. And then when you're ready, if you're ready to go back, you will go back with excitement. And I mean, there's one organization that I stepped away from that I'm not ready to go back to now, but I know when I go back, I will be on fire because I know where my heart is and where my mind is. I like that. So, you know, you mentioned earlier that your education does not stop. And we already know this whole crew listening knows that personal development doesn't stop. So I'm curious about what else happened in this transformation, um, this 40, this year 40 transformation, because I turned 39 this year. So I guess my epiphany is coming. So <laughs> what do I have in store for me? What other, what else is there to the transformation? Part of it is allowing other people to help. Mm. And, you know, it, it, it sounds simple. Hey, you know, do this, but 
ultimately it's really taking a look at what's going on in your life, whether it's even basic chores. So as an example, um, my husband and son take care of my, my kitchen. And I know a lot of women are out there like, oh my gosh, the men take care of the kitchen. Yes. I gave it to them because I want them to do it because it's a lot of work going in there multiple times a day to clean it up, cook all the food, prepare everything for everybody. So they have a schedule. I work around that schedule. But with this quarantine in session, I was worked into the schedule because now obviously everyone's eating three meals a day at home. So I went into the kitchen and there were certain parts of the kitchen that I hated. And I went in there and I cleaned that part. I made a couple of comments to my husband and said, I hope you pay attention to this, you know, as you clean. But that was it. <laughs> that was it. It wasn't a mean way. It wasn't mean. I wasn't I didn't tell him, how dare you do this? But he said something to the effect of, oh, I'll make sure that's clean. I was like, well, let's be real. You've had two years to fix, fix this. You've had two years to work on this. You didn't do it. And that's okay. And I'm not mad. But just keep an eye out and pay attention. If this gets like this, being very specific, if this gets like this, I want you to take this action. And my husband and my son are very good at taking very specific actions. So for the most part, the kitchen is clean to the level that I like. And every once in a while, they have to just keep their eye out for particular things to fix, which are not a daily thing. It's like every once in a while. So you have to just kind of allow them to take control and be okay with it. And sometimes that means you come in every once in a while to do the cleaning that you like or the you complete the task in the way that you like. You do it that way and then you step away and let them take it from there. And that limits the amount of pressure on you to a daily pressure to maybe once every month, once every quarter, once every year, depending on what the task is. And so it was a it was very enlightening. I just let them do them. I do not get in their way. I do not complain every day, but I have a clean kitchen. I have clean dishes every time I go in there and I am relatively happy. I'm not saying it's easy. It's, it's not easy because I really want to criticize in the beginning, in the beginning, I really want to criticize everything. But as time has gone on, I don't, I realize they are doing their best for their level for what they find to be good. So for the women who are listening, who really want to delegate to the, their family members, but have that kind of energy of, well, uh, I know how to do it. I get it done faster. I do it the best. Anyway, you're suggesting they get out of their way, give very specific instructions on how to do it, and then give whoever it is in their family a little bit of grace to fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's not going to be perfect because, you know, us as women tend to have very strict guidelines on what we want. The important part is you really have to ask yourself the question, is it more important that it's completed or that it's perfect? And if it's the importance of it being completed, they are getting it done. That's not the way I would do it, 
nor the way I'd want it done, but they're getting it done. And so I just leave them to that. If it's about perfection, then you get stuck always being that person who can do it that way. And guess what? They can learn. So the way they started cleaning the kitchen, every, I would say every couple months, I give a little feedback (laughs) for a little bit different and a little bit better and a little bit closer to what I want. And they're adaptable because it's not thrown at them all at once. So yes, you got to give them grace, but you also have to give yourself grace. But we could talk about that in a a second. I want to talk about it now. Tell me. Okay. (laughs) Um, You, as a woman, we take on so much on a daily basis. Um, We have anticipations of what the whole day is going to be like and what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. The problem is that typically we don't have that much time. So I heard this quote recently and it said, we overestimate what we can do in a day and we underestimate what we can do in a year. So what I interpreted that as is in a day, we have so much expectation that all these things can can get done. And it's not likely that we're going to get it all done. So we need to give ourselves grace as well as giving others grace because we don't get everything done in the way that we want at the time that we want. Like when I wake up in the morning, today is Saturday. I'm like, it's cleaning day. I'm going to clean from morning to night. And then my daughter's sleeping in my bed. So I don't sleep well. And so I don't get up till 10 o'clock. And then, you know, the day just kind of starts to fall apart as we go down. But the key is I got some work done. I talked to my kids. I got them ready. I cooked them breakfast and lunch and I am working on what I need to work on today. Will I get everything done of what I thought I was going to get done first thing in the morning? No, but I will be a lot farther ahead by just pressing forward and not beating myself up for not doing it all because none of us can do it all. I like that. I like that you can chill on yourself, just like you're giving your family that grace. I love that you can really look at yourself and do that for you because it seems like it's so much easier to give that grace to other people. And then we're super hard on ourselves and have these super high expectations for the people who might be in that situation and look at their big long to-do list. I would suggest that when you do do a few things on it, focus on those few things or do what I call a done list. And it's a separate list that you just write down everything you did do. And you don't even worry about what was on your actual to-do list, but you focus Mm. on the things that actually got completed so that you recognize everything you accomplished. Who cares if it wasn't on the original to-do list? You got shit done. So I just wanted to interject that. But I I, I love that you're able to look at yourself with that graceful lens. It's really hard for a lot of us to do. And to that done list, I really actually like that. So I watch a lot of these like shows, especially like a project runway, these design shows. And what I don't like is their journey. And part of I I know that's part of what a lot of people watch. But ultimately, I want to see what they finished. I don't want to hear about what they plan to finish and (laughs) They did this and they screwed up and they lost this and someone stole that. 
I mean, yes, it's entertaining. It's fun. But ultimately, I just want to see their final design because that's what ends up making the runway. So and when you interpret that in your personal life, what ends up happening? You can still make a fantastic project. You can still finish dynamic things. But the journey was not a straight line. And I think we are under this uh, misconception that the journey to the end is this straight line, but it's not. You don't know what people had to go through. You don't know what they suffered from. You don't know how many times they fell down. But what you see is the final project. And I think if you just take the time to think of this is what I want to do in the long run. And it doesn't matter whether it took me two months or two years or, you know, I had a sponsor, I lost a sponsor, I got a sponsor back. That's not important. The purpose, the point is it got done. And just focusing on getting it done, I think is way more important than any of the other things. I got to just say one thing. (laughs) (laughs) There is a show called Making the Cut, which is very similar to Project Runway. Oh, yes. Runway. Watching that. And all I do is fast forward to the runway to see yeah. what they made. I don't want to see them cutting and talking about their inspiration. I just want to see the damn dress. So I thought it was very funny that you that you mentioned Project Runway. Um because yes, that's, the final project is what you want. You want the final project. And as much as some people find a lot of interest in that story, ultimately, if they make a beautiful design, who cares how it got there? Do you care? Only when I'm looking for inspiration. Oh, but when okay. I when I'm looking at myself, I will like beat myself up if the if I'm expecting the journey to be linear and then I'm taking all these detours ups and downs I'll beat myself up and then I have to give myself that grace like actively give myself that grace to say hey Dan it's okay you did the final product and that's what matters but when I'm looking for inspiration from others I want to see what they did and then if I like them I want to see how they did it that I mean that makes sense watching it but as a consumer, but not on Project Runway. <laughs> not on Project Runway. Not on <laughs> Making the Cut. I watch Making the Cut too. Um, ultimately, I think the the people they choose are brilliant, and they're going to get it done, and they're going to figure out what it is, and they're going to figure out the outfit that works for the challenge. So whether that is exactly what they envision in the beginning, and I think that's kind of what I, I'm trying to get across is what you think is going to be the end game may not be the end game. It may, you may hit your goal without actually finishing the project that you had in your head Mm. because you never really know what that is. You may get to the end. Like I'm writing a children's series, 10 books, right? You never know by the fifth book, I may publish and that's it. And I don't have to do anything else. I don't know. I would love that. That's just, I'm just, <laughs> that'd be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but you don't know where it's going or what it is until it's done. And we only typically hear the stories after it's done. True. So when we watch like a documentary, we watch whatever story we're watching, they, I won't say they, they, they lie, but they kind of 
they kind of make the story fit. They condense it and make it fit into the, a pretty little package. And that's not life. The life is, you know, I got three kids and a husband, so I cannot spend 12 hours a day working on my personal projects, which means some days I get three hours <laughs> and some days I get one hour. <laughs> I never get a 12 hour day to work on a personal project. And that's okay. I'm okay giving myself that relief and that breath to say, you know what? I am going to, it's only an hour today, but I'm going to focus for that hour. That's it. What, what made you have that shift? You have mentioned a lot of detours. I don't know if that seems to be like a little theme here. You mentioned the detour when you got pregnant with your son and you kind of changed and then your whole, your goal actually shifted, which is something else that can happen in these little uh, documentaries too. But you detoured there, then your life was going on a certain route. And then right before your 40th birthday, you had that visualization of what's coming down and you're like, "Uh uh-uh, this ain't it, sis. And then you pivoted and you detoured again. Can you talk to us about the the detour? One, the strength that it takes to do it. And what are maybe some tips for a woman who might want to and what she should do, what she should look out for, any best practices? I would say as women, especially that we need to trust our gut. We really need to tune in to ourself. We need to tune in and be conscious of what we want and need. I think we have a lot of external energies coming at us. And instead of focusing on them, focus on what your energy needs to succeed. Once I cut out, see, the reason I went to law school, which was a later thing, was that was kind of my programming growing up. I had a lot of, you know, I was the one to go to law school. I had my mom went to college. So I was the one to get my master's. I was the first one in my family to get my master's, which, you know, a JD is kind of equivalent to a master's. I was the first one to do that. It wasn't particularly because I was super driven to go get my law degree. I don't mind it. I am very appreciative of it. I don't hate any of my, um, I don't even dislike. I don't even want to say that. I enjoyed the process getting there. But the reason I got there wasn't really to be this like attorney. And I don't think I realized that until I had my son. When I got pregnant with my son, I realized it was more about the education, which we kind of talked about before, learning how to think, learning how to assess, learning how to look at your whole world and figuring out what was best as we went forward. And so when I had when I had him, it was not a huge detour. The only detour, the only part that was painful was the money part, because making money as an attorney is a lot different than making money as not an attorney. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the only part that it was like, oh, I'm not sure I'm ready for that. But the thing is, when I had the epiphany before my 40th, I was like, not only can I make that money, I can make more than that opportunity ever gave me. But that was allowing me to to really hone in on what my gifts are. And the more I talk to the people around me, have you ever seen online that they say things like 
talk to the people around you to figure out what they look to you for. Mm-hmm. You, right. Yeah. So, so I started doing that in these conversations. I started doing that. And a lot of people just look to me for expertise in making changes and getting started and going. And so that brought a comfort and a way to move forward because I realized that people wanted me to do this. This is more than me. This is something I, I believe in my heart, but on top of it, the people around me want this as well. And I find that when I talk to these women that have epiphanies, whatever line they're in, that's the same thing. Like the people around them want them to flourish in these industries, in these fields. Like um, I got uh, Yoni Egg earlier today and talking to the woman, she was like, oh, people want me to flourish uh, a comp- and go forward. And I said, why didn't you? She's like, I just, for myself, I didn't feel it. And other people are pushing her too, but it's in her heart. She had to make the internal change. She had to believe in herself. Really. That's ultimately where it comes down to. You have to believe that you deserve it, which is what I started with. You have to believe you deserve the success in the field that you're looking for. And I don't feel that right now a lot of women believe in themselves, even okay. though everything around them tells them go that way. Okay, so let's dig into that. But first, so for the woman who is around the age of 40, who is looking to make a detour, who maybe has the visualization of, I don't like where my life is going. The suggestions are to trust your gut and trust your energy, follow your purpose and not what other people may expect from you. Look at your gifts and ask the people around you what they see for you just for their input, but not necessarily if it doesn't go with your heart. And most importantly, in my opinion, is believe in yourself. Did you do anything specific, any belief work practices or any activities, personal development practices to build your belief muscle? Well, believing in myself, honestly, when I really came up with the other side of 40, that happened like last year. And I started, it was really a conversations with lots of women. So they affirmed what I thought. So I decided this is the direction I wanted to go. And I started talking to women about their stories. And in return, they reaffirmed what I thought was the direction I wanted to go. So I would say the... The actual practical method is determine what you want first. And then if you need that extra kind of guidance or support, which I, well, I did. I don't know about women. I did. I needed it. Talk to people because you will never know how many people are out there to support you and love on you and help you get to that next level. Um, And ultimately, if you have a passion for it, if you are spending hours and hours and hours either thinking about it or talking about it, um, that's probably the direction you need to go. So indulge, dive in and really take things to the next level. Great. Great. 
Is there any last message that you have for the women listening, whether they're on the other side of 40 or not? (laughs) Again, trust your instinct. When things don't seem right, don't be afraid to not do it. Um, I think we as women are kind of trained to say yes in a lot of situations that we don't need to say yes for. Women organizations outnumber men's organizations and our gender wants to be a community. All of us, we want the community, we respect the community. But if something is telling you no, then you really need to stop. You really need to figure out why. And then you need to figure out whether that that push to even be involved can be solved in a different way. Sometimes it is just volunteering on the side versus being intricately involved in a situation. Um, but our time is short and we should live happy lives and successful lives, not just happy, successful. I like that. That's awesome. So April, tell everybody where they can find you and, um, what's next. So on the other side of 40, my Instagram page is other side 40, no breaks, no periods, other side 40 on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest. You can find me there. I have the website, the other side of 40. I am looking for contributors to the website itself and the podcast. So feel free to submit a form. If you go to the page in the top right corner, it says become a contributor and the option, both options are there. And my goal is to really share stories of women who have overcome and taken this next step to be real. That's the ultimate thing. Be real, like not superficial, like, oh, this is this cool craze and I'm going to catch on. No, do you in a positive way. So um, I look forward to talking to you. I have a contact us form on my website. So if you contact me, I will respond. All right. And everyone, I'll put the links to all of that stuff in the show notes for you. Thank you so much, April, for being here, for helping to inspire our listeners and remind them that there is no guilt, tons of grace, and lots of transformation on the other side of 40. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, I'll see you next week.